Welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. I want to thank everybody for coming today. I want to thank everybody that is watching us online right now on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Thank you for staying connected. And whoever's going to watch us throughout the week through our website and also our YouTube channel, thank you for staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right, we are in a series called I Need a Miracle. We're going from the cross to the manger. We're kind of going backwards. We're going from the cross to the manger. Uh, before we jump into the series uh, this morning, uh, I got this orange envelope. It's called Miracle in Motion. It's a one-time offering that we take once a year to help further the mission and vision of Passionate Life Church. All I'm asking you to do is take this home, pray over it, bring it back before the end of the year. Uh, whatever God tells you to give, give. Don and I, we did this this week. Um, and we're excited to give to the further the mission and vision of Passionate Life Church. Listen, when you give to this church, you're giving to lost souls found. Man, we had four people last week give their life to Jesus. And man, I don't, <clears throat> awesome. I don't ever want us to become callous to the fact that people are going from death to life every single weekend. And you are part of that. And so just take one of these orange envelopes home, pray over it, give what you can give. Um, and God will bless it. All right, we are in a series called I Need a Miracle, part one of the series. We, we tackled the big question, right? Why do some people get miracles? Why do some people don't? Why do some people get healed? Why do some people don't, right? We, we tackled that, and, and really it, it started with the cross. Where's my cross? My cross back here it starts with the cross, and we talked about that it is finished on the cross, what was finished on the cross, sin was finished on the cross, sickness was finished on the cross, right? And how do we receive healing? How do we receive our sins being forgiven? The exact same way through grace, right? Through grace, we receive both. And at the end of the day, whether God heals us or he doesn't heal us, uh, whether he does a miracle or doesn't do the miracle, we trust God with our lives, amen? Because his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Um, man, we've just experienced a lot of supernatural things happening over the last month. People are being healed uh, of cancer. People are, are, are being uh, healed of incurable diseases. Uh, man, people are being healed of depression. They're not taking medicine anymore. Come on, somebody. Like, I mean... Our prayer code after both services is just packed. And for me as your pastor, that, man, that, I'm so proud of that because that means you're, you're overcoming the spirit of pride and you're saying, man, I, I want to invite, that's what last week, I want to invite the power of God into my life, into my situation. And so part one, we, that we, we talked about, man, why do some people get healed? Why, why, why do some people not? Why do some people get miracles? Why do some people not? Uh, last week, any, anybody want to help me out what we talked about last week? The vacuum? Come on. Man. So you had a vacuum in it, and you were, you were vacuuming the stage, and... and, and, and <laughs> Making room. Come on, we gotta make room for we gotta make room for a miracle, right? We gotta make room for a miracle. And so last week we we left off, right? We left off where, where Jesus was walking on water, right, in Mark chapter six. 
And if this was a This Is Us show, right, where, where, where sometimes they, they, they flash around timelines, we're going to do that today, okay? Last week was the end of the day and the beginning of the morning. Jesus was actually walking on the water at 3 o'clock in the morning. And, and what we looked at last week is that Jesus' intention was to walk by them, right? To leave them in the boat, in the storm, until they cried out for desperation for Jesus to help them. And what happened? The storm didn't stop until they made room for Jesus, right? They made room for, for Jesus in the boat, and that's when the storm stopped, okay? So today, we're going to pick up, um, we're, we're actually going to go back into time, and we're going to start in the beginning of that day. And the title of this message is The Miracle of Multiplication. The miracle of multiplication. Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for this moment this morning, God. We don't, we don't get this moment back, God. And so, Lord, we just ask you to prepare our hearts this morning, God, to receive your eternal word. God, it is not by mistake that every person is sitting here this morning, at this moment in time. Every person is watching us online right now. And so, God, I, I just say, I ask that you would have your way this morning in our hearts and our minds, that we would draw a little bit closer to you, God. God, we just don't want another Sunday where we come and we sit, but God, we just ask that we would experience your power, your presence, and your transformation work in our lives today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. Mark chapter 6 is really a special uh, chapter. Um, in the beginning of the, the chapter, for the very first time, Jesus calls together his disciples, right? He calls his boys together, right? And, and, and he prays over them, and he releases them to go preach, okay? Now, if you can imagine this moment, he's calling his boys together. Like, this is a really proud moment for Jesus, right? He feels like finally they're ready to, to, to do it on their own. You see, and, it, and it's one thing for me to be up here and talk about the power of God and talk about the presence of God. It's another thing when you experience it, right? It, it's another thing when you experience personally the power of God and the presence of God. It radically changes your life. And that, so this is what Jesus is doing for his disciples. And if you can imagine Jesus touching each one and going down the line and then say, I release the power over sickness and every evil spirit and every demon. And I give you the spirit of boldness to go out and preach. And he goes down the line and he prays over each one. But then Jesus gives this instruction. Let's read it in Mark chapter 6. Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. And he called his 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two, so he paired them up, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. Look at this. <laughs> he told them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick, no food, no traveler's bag, no money. He allowed them, though, to wear sandals, but not to take a change of clothes. So, like, you, you can imagine, like, they're having this great moment with Jesus. They're, they're, oh, man, they're feeling the power of God, right? The power over sickness and, and, and just the power, the boldness. Like, Jesus touched them and prayed for them, right? And then he's like, take nothing.
Yes, Philip. Well, Jesus, I got this fanny pack that I like to put stuff in. You know what I mean? Like, like a little snacky snack. And if I get hungry, can I, can I bring my snacky? Can I, can I bring my fanny pack? No, you can't bring your fanny pack. Well, yes, Thomas. What about a change of underwear? Because I'm going with Peter, and he's kind of smelling. You know, like, a, no change of underwear. Like, nothing. Here, here, you can have a stick. You know what I mean? Like, here's a stick, right? And I, I'm guessing someone sarcastically said, can we at least wear shoes? You know what I mean? Yeah, you can wear shoes. You can wear, you wear sandals. You're welcome. And uh, this is what it's like to follow Jesus, right? Like, he gives you the power, and then he's like, take nothing. And so they probably left everything um, they probably left everything at Peter's house, and, and they just go out, and they, they begin to preach and teach, and they are experiencing the power of God for themselves. They're seeing people get healed. They're, they're seeing people radically change. I mean, they've seen Jesus do it, right? But it's one thing to watch, but it's one thing to do and actually experience God's power. Let's look at the next scene here in Mark 6, verse 30. The apostles returned. To Jesus from their ministry tour and told them all they had done and taught. This is a proud moment for Jesus, okay? This is a, man, like Jesus is like, yes, they're finally getting it. They're actually experiencing the power of God. This is awesome. So Jesus says this, let's go off by ourselves, okay? This is Jesus's plan, okay? Jesus has a plan. Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while, right? They're, they are dog-tired, and, and, and they were ready to rest. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Okay, so here's Jesus' plan. Jesus is like, all right, I am so proud of you guys. Let's go find a remote place, all right? Let's get some Chick-fil-A. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we'll go through the drive-thru. We'll get some Chick-fil-A. We'll, we'll find a remote place, we'll sit, maybe take a nap, come on somebody, we'll take a nap, and we'll just debrief. I am just so excited, I want to hear everything that you guys experienced, right? So let, let, let's get some Chick-fil-A, we'll go find a remote place, we'll eat together, we'll, we'll rest, right? And, and I don't have points today, but I, I just want to stop here for a moment. Jesus needed to rest. And as Americans, we do a really bad job of this. Jesus rested. God himself, the all-powerful God of the universe, rested on the seventh day. That's why when he gave his people the Ten Commandments and he took his finger and carved out commandments with fire, one of them is to keep the Sabbath day holy, to keep a day where you rest. And when we're talking about the miracle of multiplication, some of us today, we haven't seen God multiply what we thought he should multiply, and it's because we're not resting properly. God's not going to open the windows of heaven if we're going to burn out in a year. That's why I read, like, God is playing the long game with our lives. He's playing the long game with our lives, and he wants us to follow him and serve him and walk in the blessings 
for a lifetime, not just a year or six months. And so sometimes God is just like, man, I'll wait for them to get it, to start taking naps. To, you know what I mean? Like, I'll wait for them to take a day and just rest their mind, body, and soul. And having 12 kids' activities is not resting, okay? That's, what, that's why God says keep the Sabbath day holy. That's why we have church on Sunday, and it's supposed to be a day of rest where we're resting in the Lord. For some of us today, we haven't seen God multiply. We haven't seen him do the miracle because we're not good at resting. And he hasn't poured out yet because he knows if he pours out that we're just going to burn up that blessing. We need to learn how to rest. Jesus knew how to rest. Okay, so this is the plan, right? This is the plan. It's an exciting plan. Like, Jesus can't wait. Like, oh, I can't wait to hear every detail that they experienced, what they went through, the struggles, the triumphs, right? He can't wait. This is a proud papa moment for Jesus. Let's continue with the story, Mark 6, 32. So they left by the boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had what? He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Now, we need to get a frame of reference of how many people. We're not talking about a couple hundred, okay? Uh, this, this certain story is in all four of the Gospels. And so there's a little bit different details in different Gospels. And, and one of the different details is that um, there was 5,000, they counted 5,000 men. Okay, and during this period of time, this cultural period of time, they didn't count women and children. They just counted men, and that the men were the head of the house. And so many scholars believe there's roughly 20,000 people waiting for Jesus and his disciples when they get off the boat. To give you a frame of reference, if you've ever been to the Pepsi Center, right, for an avalanche game or a Nuggets game or for a concert, that holds about 20,000 people. Okay, so just to give you a frame of reference, we're not talking about a couple hundred. We're talking about 20,000 people. And many theologians believe, like, this is the pinnacle of Jesus' ministry. This is the most people that he teaches to at one time. Now, in other details of the Gospels, it says people were coming and Jesus was healing the sick. Now, how many of you guys did Black Friday? Some of you guys did Black Friday? Some of you? A couple couple brave souls, right? And you'll wait in line for hours to save a hundred bucks on a flat screen. You know what I'm saying? hundred bucks. Some of you will wait two hours in line to ride a roller coaster, right? You've ever been to a theme park like Disneyland and Disney World? You can wait up to two hours in line for a three-minute roller coaster ride. And at the end, you're just like, that so wasn't worth it, right? Like, you're like me. I get sick on roller coasters. And so th think about this frame of reference for these people, okay? They're sick. 
Some of these people have leprosy. Some of these people have diseases. Some of these people have cancer. Some of these people have tumors. Some of these people have deformities. So, like, how long, if you had one of these, how long would you wait in that line for Jesus to heal you? A long time. Six hours, seven hours, eight hours. It would not matter to you because you want to get healed, right? It wouldn't matter to you how long that you were going to wait in this line because you, you needed Jesus. You were desperate for Jesus to pray with you. And so I, I say that just to give you a frame of, of reference of how long this service was going. This was a long church service, okay? Like, like Jesus is healing all of these people and he's talking and he's teaching at the same time. Now, remember what the disciples had just gone through, right? They were on tour. They had been doing ministry, right? And what did it say? They hadn't eaten. Okay, so you got a bunch of disciples that are hangry, all right? Like, they're a little hangry, right? Like, there ain't no snicker bars, right? And, 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 and so this is, what, what, this is how I imagine this went, okay? Is that the disciples were having their own private meeting, and they were like, hey, um, how long is Jesus going to go? You know what we should do? We should tell them that the people are hungry. That's a good idea. Philip, you do it. Just tell him that the people are hungry and it's getting late and we need to send them away, okay? Because he obviously loves the people, okay? Because he changed our plan. We were supposed to get Chick-fil-A. We didn't get it. You know what I mean? Like, just, 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 just tell him that. Let's read the story. Let's see what happens. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go by the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. Look, I love this. Look at Jesus' response. Jesus knows that they don't care about the people. They care about themselves, right? And so Jesus does what? He says, oh, you feed them. You, you do it. Could you imagine Philip going back to the, the committee, right? Did you tell him? Yeah, I, I told him. Well, what did he say? He said for us to feed him. And we know from another gospel that this is Philip, okay? And he says, with what? <laughs> like he, he's super hangry. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. Explanation point. Like he's fired up, right? He's fired up at Jesus. And Jesus says, well, how much bread do you have? Jesus, you told us not to take anything. I tried to take my fanny pack. You won't let me take it. Right? We left everything at Peter's house. I have a stick. And sandals. You know what I mean? Like, now... 20,000 people in this crowd, there was food in this crowd, right? There's food. If you guys, if any of you guys have kids, Don and I, we have, we have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. We have this gray backpack. We don't go anywhere without this gray backpack, okay? It's got 
water bottles. It's got fishy crackers. It's got uh, fruit gummies. Come on, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. It's got protein bars. Like, we don't go, it's got cereal in it. We don't go anywhere without this gray backpack, okay? So there was people in this crowd that had food. They had food. And as the disciples are, 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 are coming out, right, and asking, hey, does anybody have food, right? They're, they're like, Junior, you put that apple away. You know what I'm saying? Like, we ain't sharing, you know what I mean? All of a sudden, people get real selfish, even though Jesus just spent eight hours healing them. People got real, real selfish in this, in this moment. What's so interesting, what's so interesting is that Jesus tells the disciples, go find what we already have. Go find it. What Jesus is saying to us today is everything you need is already inside of you. It's already there. You just have to discover it. That's one of the reasons why we have a thing called growth track. Man, we want you to discover how God has created you. The last part of uh, growth track is we, we have you take a personality test so you can understand a little bit who, more who you are. And then a spiritual gifting test. Kind of like, man, to understand that God has placed spiritual gifts in every single person to be used for his kingdom. Everything that we have and need, God has already put inside of us. Let's look at that last, let's put up the same scripture again, Jay. He says, go and find out, right? Go, it's an action, and he tells them to do it and not Jesus. It's an action. He says, go and find out. And we need to go and find out how God has created us. We need to go and find out what God has put inside of us if we don't know. Because God has knitted us together. He's created us perfect in his sight and for his kingdom. Let's continue with this story. So they're out in the crowd. They finally found somebody. Philip reports, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Now, we, we know from the other gospels that it's a little boy who comes forward and is willing to share. Out of 20,000 people, they find one boy who's willing, willing to share. And I find it so interesting that the very person that this culture did not count, God uses to do the miracle. Man, God loves to use insignificant people to do miraculous things. He, he loves to use people who, who the culture would say, man, they don't, they don't really count. They don't, they don't really have any special giftings. Man, God loves to use them because he loves to get all the glory through them. This little boy was willing to share. He was willing to be generous. And, and, and man, when we think about, man, allowing God to do a miracle of multiplication, it, man, one, it starts with, with resting, okay? But the next thing is that, man, we have to be generous. Like, if God's going to do a miracle, we have to be generous. It starts with generosity. Let's, let, let's continue. Then Jesus told the disciples, I love this part, to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. So let's use easy math. There's 12 disciples. Let's say there's 20,000 people. 
each disciple, okay, got, got a section, right? Jesus sections it up in 12 sections, okay? And each disciple roughly had about 1,700 people to fit into groups of 50 and 100. Have you ever worked with people? Not the easiest people to work with, right? Like, they're not the easiest to work with, right? They talk back, right? They don't always obey, right? They don't always agree. I mean, can you imagine? All right, everybody, we're, we're going to group you up in 50 and 100. Okay, this section, you move over here. I don't want to be in this group. I don't know these people. Can I be my own group? I'm just going to take my family of five, and we're going to move over here. We're going to be our own group. No, you can't be your own group. Why not? Because Jesus said, now get, you're not getting any food. You know what I mean? Like, and so, like, Jesus, I can imagine Jesus sitting on a rock. He's just, I'll just wait. I'm just going to wait. How long did this take? To get 20,000 people into groups of around 30. But I find it so interesting that Jesus waits. Listen to me, listen to me. Jesus waits until there's order before he does the miracle. Order's in, order is important. Order is important to God. If we want God to do a miracle in our lives, specifically a miracle of multiplication, we have to get our order right. And the order is God number one over our time, over our talent, and over our treasure. Order matters to God. And God will wait until we get that order right before he opens the window of heaven. Especially when we talk about money, right? We don't want to talk about money very much here at Passionate Life Church, but man, some of you have been waiting, man, I can't get out of debt, Pastor. Listen, you got to get your life in order. Stop using credit cards. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to get our life in order. Man, God says specifically in the book of Malachi that we need to give God the first fruit offering. We need to tithe our first of all the money that we bring in, we give God 10%. Listen, that's not Pastor Andrew's plan, okay? Like, I didn't make that up. That's, those are the words of God. And whether you agree with them or not, it's still God's word, right? It's still God's word. God made that statement. He said, man, if you give me the tithe, I will open the windows of heaven. I will open up the floodgates of heaven, and I will pour out a blessing upon your life that you cannot contain. You will have to be generous because of the blessing that I pour out. The very nature of who God is, the very character of who God is, he is a generous and giving God. But for some of us, it's the rest issue. We need to get rest. We need to get healthy. For some of us, we need to be, we need to start being generous with our finances. We need to start giving. For some of us, we need to get our lives in order. God needs to be first in our life, and not just certain areas, but every area 
of our life. It's very interesting. God doesn't do the miracle until the order is right. Let's continue. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up towards heaven and blessed them. In other translations and other gospels, it says that he thanks God first. He thanks his Father first. I, I think there's something important there that, man, God has already blessed us with a lot. We're here today. We're still breathing, right? Like, God has already blessed us a lot. And, and many times God can't do a miracle of multiplication if we're not thankful for what we've already been given. And so Jesus thanks God. He, he blesses what God has already given him, what the Father has already given him. Listen to this. Then breaking the loaves into pieces. Now, we know what this also means, right? This is a, uh, uh, this is a moment from the Lord's Supper, right? Where Jesus is breaking the bread. And so this is, a, this is not only is Jesus <clears throat> breaking the bread to give to the people to, to, to experience a miracle, but he's giving himself to each person as he's breaking the bread. And I find this so interesting. He kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. So the miracle didn't happen in Jesus' hands. The miracle happened in the disciples' hands. So if you can imagine, right, each disciple taking a basket around, right? I can imagine Peter's basket. You know, he's, he's, he's given the first piece. He's like, just take a little piece. No, nope, that's too big. <clears throat> right? Until, the net, until he reached in again, and all of a sudden the, the piece of bread grows, right? It supernaturally grows, and he gives to the next person, right? Like, like the, the, the miracle happened in his disciples' hands. Why? Because they were going out uh, by faith, right? By faith, they took the broken bread, and they gave it to each person. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. Look at this. Look at this. They all ate as much as they wanted. Listen, we don't serve a God of scarcity. We serve a God of abundance. It's actually the very words that Jesus said, I come to give abundant life. I've come to give abundant life. We don't serve a God of scarcity. We serve a God of abundance. We serve a God who can take five loaves, two fish, and someone who's generous, he can bless it and multiply it and feed 20,000 people as though they're eating at the old country buffet. You know what I'm saying? Like, afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. Not only do we serve a God of abundance, we serve the God of the leftover. Twelve baskets of leftover. Isn't that interesting that there was twelve disciples distributing the food, and what happens? They each get a doggy bag for the trip home. Each of them get a, get a basket and, and understanding that now we serve a God who wants to do miracles in our lives. But man, 
If you're not generous, how can God bless a person that isn't willing to give? And when we give, we thank God. And we allow him to bless it. He will multiply it beyond our hopes, dreams, and imagination. Because this is the God we serve. And it's just, it's just not about finances, because I think some of us, we, we go right to finances. Man, we serve a bigger God than that. Man, God wants to, man, he wants to multiply your marriage, right? Like he wants to, he wants to multiply your family. Like he, want, he wants to multiply the blessings over that. He wants to multiply your health. He wants to, yes, he wants to multiply your finances and your career, but man, he wants to multiply the power and the presence of God that you experience in your life. Like that's first and foremost what God wants you to experience. But many of us, we haven't experienced that because we're just holding on to what we got. We're holding on to the talent that we got. We're holding on to the time that we got. We're holding on to the resources and the treasure that we got because we don't want to lose what we have. See, it was that little boy's open hand that God said, I, I, I can use that open hand. I can, I can use that open hand. That's all I need is if you're willing to give. Give me what you have. Let's get the order right today. Come on, let's get the order right today. And God will do a miracle in our lives. One that we can't dream of or hope of. Whatever you need today, whatever you're struggling with today, man, God wants to meet you in that place. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes today as we go into our response time. <clears throat> Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus in I need to get my order right, and I need to put God first today. Or maybe you've drifted from the truth of God. Maybe you've just, man, been consumed with your own stuff, and you've just been holding on. And, and today's the day where you let go, and you put God first again in your life. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, this is your personal declaration of faith today. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you. Yes, 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 yes. You can put your hands down. Thank you, Jesus. And I just ask that everyone would just repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sin, that you would come into my life, and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will put you first. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.